Howdy folks, and welcome to the Texas A&M RUF podcast. RUF stands for Reformed University Fellowship, and what we are is basically a campus ministry for the convinced and unconvinced believers and non-believers. We put a lot of emphasis on being community and people-oriented, and promoting a welcoming atmosphere of inclusivity and comfort. Uh, What this podcast is, is a collection of our worship night sermons given by our campus minister, William Bondrant. Um, So, without further ado, we really hope that you all enjoy this talk. Howdy. Howdy. The power, the power of that. Great. Um, Hey again, my name is William, uh, William Bondurant, and I'm the campus minister here for RUF. Um, And I just want to say a special welcome. New folks, new faces, it's good to see you here. Um, And look, if there's anything... I can do to answer questions about RUF or help you get oriented to who we are, what we do, get plugged in, happy to do that. Also, two people that would love to do that are, can I get Maggie and George to stand up real quick? There you go. There you go. Um, so Maggie and George are both our interns, um, so they are college graduates. They actually made it on the other end of this thing, and they um, are doing the RUF internship and have been placed and serving here. Um, at at A&M, and so their job, what they do, they love to meet with you, talk to you about Jesus, so grab them, pull them aside, be like, hey, let's hang out, let's figure out a time. Um, So we love them, really thankful for their work. Um, So again, just welcome, welcome. All right, so this semester, per usual, we are going to be working our way through a particular chunk of scripture, and this semester, we're going to be looking at a particular portion of of the Old Testament book of Psalms. Um, And this portion is called the Songs of Ascent. Okay, and so the book of Psalms, if you don't know, it's it's a collection of ancient Israelite uh, songs written by a number of different authors. Many of them are written by uh, the ancient Israelite King, uh, King David. But they are compiled together in this book that became kind of the, the hymnal, the song book of the people of Israel, um, and a really important part of the divinely inspired scriptures. Um, and it's, they're important not only because they, they are God's word, um, but they're, they're important because they, they even kind of gave voice to like what the godly uh, thoughts and feelings and emotions of God's people are. And so like, they even they exist as this almost unique book to actually take hold of our emotions and our insides and to form us and to shape us um, after God's own image. And uh, so let, let me kind of let me put that like this. So the musician Jason Isbell uh, once said in an interview, he said, I don't believe all music is okay. I don't believe all music is good. I believe some music is bad for people to listen to. I think it makes makes their taste worse. I think it makes their lives worse. I think it makes them worse people. Hot take. Um, So the, the book of Psalms is like the complete and total opposite of like his concern. Right? The book of Psalms is a book of songs designed to make you into the person God wants you to be, right? And the particular part of the book that we're looking at this semester, the the section called The Songs of Ascent, are especially that. 
Because these were the songs that Israel would sing as they pilgrimaged three times a year up to the temple in Jerusalem, which was, if you don't know, up, up on a mountain. So when we say they are the songs of ascent, they, they literally were the songs that people sang as they climbed up a physical elevation, as they ascended to God's temple mount. But you also, right, you, you get the spiritual layer of that too, don't you? Right, these collection of songs, it's about the process. It's about the upward journey we're all in. The upward journey of meeting God, walking with Him, struggling with Him, striving forward into growth with God. So that's what this semester is all about um, as we look at these songs. We're going to let these songs take us on the journey um, that they do. They, we're going to let them do that formational work on us. So, hey, let's just start where all journeys do at the beginning. So Psalm 120, you can follow along on the screen. You've got it in your bulletin. Uh, this is uh, the first song of the sense. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. The word of the Lord. We pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, uh, would you uh, take us on uh, the journey that this is kind of short. I would say short, sweet, but it's kind of like a short blunt. Kind of a short, kind of in-your-face, not super elegant, um, but it gets the point across um, kind of song. I pray that you would um, use it to kickstart our journey uh, this semester. And, you know, for some of us, this might be a journey. Um, it might be kind of the first time we've ever really thought about what it would be like to walk with God. Um, and so I especially just want to pray, Lord, um, that, that you would encourage us, that you would excite us, and that uh, as we unpack your word, we would really hear it as, as your word, Lord, written by your spirit, um, and it would sink down into our insides, that we would know you. And it's in your name we ask these things. Amen. So there's a little indie band uh, from my hometown of Birmingham, Alabama, it's called Wild Sweet Orange, and they have a song called Ten Dead Dogs. And I actually think that that song captures something of the spirit of this first song of Ascent. Like I said, it's kind of a, a gritty song. And so uh, their song goes, I saw ten dead dogs on the side of the road driving late last night to your apartment. And I thought it was an omen. So I headed on back home and walked in circles around my room alone. Oh my God, is this really what you want? Would you tell us if it's not? And could you rewrite the plot and come and get us? Because we can't stop doing what we think we want, even though we know it's not. This place is merely a subplot to come and get us. Now, I don't know if you felt that or heard that, but I think do you hear in this kind of two things? One, do you hear just this deep, 
gut-level recognition that this world is conspicuously off and wrong. And that even, like, we are off and wrong. And then second, you kind of hear this longing, that, that longing for God, some, some powerful thing out there to speak into what's messed up here and maybe even to come and fix it. Right, so as we start this upward journey with these songs, um, we, we start here at the bottom, we start here at the beginning. And the big question this psalm is posing to us is, is just that, do you resonate at all just with the thoughts, the feelings, with the lived experience of the psalmist that, that says things here are not as they ought to be? And even like, hey, you know what? Like, life might not even be just this crazy horror story nightmare. You know that for some people in the world, it is. That's troubling. But, like, even just in our casual, normal, middle class, kind of pretty comfy existence, you still have inside you this gnawing that says, like, there's got to be something better than this. There's got to be something. And so let's see how the psalmist deals with that. And so first, let's consider... Um, lamenting the lies, and then second, longing for peace. So first, lamenting the lies. So the psalmist starts off uh, with this scene of existential crisis. It's almost like he's in this scene of, he's in the middle of a pretty normal average day, hustle and bustle of normal, stressful, annoying, maybe things moving around him. And then this just moment of real heartfelt reflection and realization, he comes to his senses and looks around, and just goes, wait a second, <laughs> this world I live in is jacked up. In terms of literary genre, we call that a lament. Um, lamenting is just when you stop, take stock of the reality um, of the brokenness of the world, um, and you just tell God how you feel. Sad. How you feel angry, even. I, I think we actually need to lean a little bit more into the practice of lamenting. I mean, it's all over the scriptures. Uh, I don't think we as Americans know how to lament really well. Uh, I think that's why so many Americans are actually so incredibly emotionally unhealthy. It's why so many Americans are on medication and in counseling and all that stuff, which is, all, which is good things. Like, pursue those things. Pursue emotional health. Like, there's a reason why we are having to do all that, um, I think. Uh, all right, I digress. What does the psalmist lament? Uh, verse 2. It says, Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. And then in verse 3 and 4, he's, he's even calling for justice. That the Lord would, like, bring a reckoning. They would bring, like, you know, arrows and, like, come, like, give this lying group of people kind of their just desserts. Um, okay, and then he further identifies who this group is that he's talking about. Verse 5, he says, Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Um, okay, so for those of you not familiar with ancient Near Eastern geography, um, Meshech is this uh, region north of Israel, kind of modern-day Turkey area, and Kedar would have been a region pretty far south of Israel, kind of like in Arabia, okay? 
And um, so what the psalmist is trying to say, talking about those two regions, because obviously, right, he, he doesn't live in Meshech and Kedar, okay? Um, he actually might not even live in either. He probably actually lives in Israel, right? So what he's saying is metaphorically, he might as well just live amongst like the rank pagan peoples of the world who have no idea who the God of Israel is. Right? He's saying that like I'm just drowning in a culture of people that have just absolutely rejected the truth of God. Uh, they have just doubled down on a warped way of understanding reality. The uh, theologian Willem Van Gimmeren, he puts it like this. He said the wicked people the psalmist lives amongst have set up their own order, right? Like their own worldview, their own way of conceptualizing existence based on lies and deception. Um, all right, and so before you go, oh, like sad, that's sad for them, sad for the guy who wrote the song, sad his culture is so dislodged from reality and the people are so deluded with lies. It's like, if only they could live in an enlightened time such as ours. Before you go there, uh, Barrett Swanson, he writes in Harper's Magazine in an article entitled The Anxiety of Influencers. And so he's talking about like social media influencers. He says this, look, if we sneer and snicker at influencers' desperate quest to win approval from their viewers, it might be because they serve as parodic exaggerations or they, they just serve as like just a... <coughs> big billboard picture of what we are all actually like. It, uh, exact, so as serve as exaggerations of the ways in which we are all forced to bevel the edges of our personalities and become inoffensive brands. It is a logic that extends from the retailer's smile to the professor's easy A, to, which some of y'all wouldn't complain too much about, I'm sure, to the politician's capitulation to the co-worker's calculated pose, to the journalist's virtue-signaling tweet, to the influencer's scripted photo, the angle of our pose might be different, but all of us bow unfailingly at the altar of the algorithm. Y'all, the air we breathe in, it is kind of our modern American culture, is just one of masks and posturing and just everyone out bullcrapping everyone else long enough to just be likable. And actually the first step of anyone's journey toward God and with God is to actually just be shaken awake to that reality and to, and to lament it, to lament it, to be sad about it. It's to stop and realize, hey, the culture I lived in is obsessed with money. And it's convinced that what it means to be fulfilled and whole is to have a job that gives you a ton of it. We live in a culture that's convinced, hey, you know, if I can just self-actualize like my desires, my dreams, in my way when I want to, like, if then I can do that, that will equal fullness, wholeness, and I'll be happy. Uh, if I can just be in that social circle over there with those people, um, if I can have like a girl that looks just like that, if I can have a guy that looks like that and other people look at him, um, 
like the kind of guy, he's the guy that everyone needs and wants. If that, then, then I can be okay. Right? <clears throat> the first step you have to take towards God is that from your guts, you have to say, I am tired of being tricked and controlled by lies like that and all the other ones too. I'm tired of being ruined to the core by narratives like that. These lies are actually doing violence to my well-being. And I want to start my spiritual journey towards like an actual, real, healthy way of seeing myself and seeing the world around me. Okay, so that brings us to our second point, longing for peace. Um, after the psalmist has his wake-up call and lament, he then expresses this, this longing over against the culture around him. He says, too long have I made my dwelling among those who hate peace. I'm for peace. But when I speak, they're for war. And so in, in, in Hebrew, um, which is the language that this psalm was originally written in, uh, that phrase there, I am for peace, is actually just literally, I peace. And so it's just this pure expression, this pure word of like, from the bottom of me, I want peace. Like just from the bottom of who I am, give me shalom. Like I just want wholeness. I just want to be okay. I just want authenticity. I want like the real, real thing. Give it to me. Um, in high school, I went backpacking through Yosemite um, with some friends. And so there was this kind of particular long day of hiking uh, where we climbed over this big pass, you know, just kind of lots of switchbacks. Just a hard, hard day, uphill hiking, you know, wearing 40, 50 pound packs. Um, and towards the end of the day, we topped up over the pass finally, kind of went over a little bit and kind of camped just a little bit on the other side. And like, I, I remember this like yesterday, because it was just one of those real cool, like life moment things. And um, me and a couple of my friends kind of went back over to the pass and just found this perfect little overlook thing as the, like the sun was coming down. It was, you know, perfect golden hour. It was like everything was just this like perfect sunset color. And we could see back down into uh, the valley we had climbed out of, just like gorgeous wilderness as far as the eye could see, see the other mountain ridge out on the other side. But it was just this like, Gorgeous, gorgeous thing after a hard day's haul. And I just remember this like relieving perspective that just kind of fell down on top of me. Um, it was kind of like all, like all the problems back home, all the hard things, all the frustrating things that just felt so, so big like a week before. They just kind of all melted away and got small just like in the face of just that beauty and that glory and just how awesome um, that was. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that. Maybe some of you have. Um, but do you know how long that, kind of, that like peace and that moment of like perspective, you know how long that lasted? I mean like a day, I don't know. Maybe as soon as we left the trip, and then I got waylaid by all my anxieties and struggles again. Um, I'm for peace. I, I want to be okay. I want to be safe. Hey, y'all, 
I want my daughters to be safe. Right? I want my friends to have peace. I want my wife to have peace. And like this world in its natural bent is for war. Right? This world, and even something on our insides, all it wants to do is just take peace away and just have struggle and stress. Um, are you for peace? Are you for peace? Hey, look, this is a, this is a tough question. I'm about to ask a tough question. Um, hey, are you the kind of person that you are always finding yourself kind of in the midst of drama? And, like, even, like, it's just frustrating for you how, like, oh, I'm just always having to kind of move from, you know, one group of people to another group of people because, like, they're just drama and I just I need to find some new friends. Hey, are you willing to see that there's a common denominator in your life? It's you. Like, can we aim the camera at ourselves for long enough to just have some sobriety that say, you know what, maybe one of the biggest threats to my peace it's actually me. It's actually the things I do, the things that I don't do. You know what that is? That is a huge step forward into actually arriving at peace, right? When you can aim the camera at yourself in that way. Because, y'all, here's the thing. Like, there is no mountain that's big enough and beautiful enough in this world that you can climb up into real abiding forever peace. Because there's only one thing that you can climb up into that's big enough and beautiful enough to give you real peace. That's God. It's the living and true God. Um, hey, look, maybe some of you, you've been journeying with God for a while now. That's awesome. I really hope that this sermon series is just going to be this really um, kind of refreshing and life-giving reminder to you of, of the peace that is yours. And that you just get to taste and see um, anew how good that is. Uh, maybe for some of you, like your journey with God is kind of stalled. Like you fell off the mountain somewhere, uh, maybe like in high school, maybe last semester. I hope that this sermon series will be an awesome way for you to like dust yourself off, stand back up. Hey, let's like walk. Let's walk with God and towards God this semester. Um, and I think there's, there's at least one or two people in this room, I'm sure, that like for you, this is actually going to be, like tonight might actually be your first step towards considering things like, yeah, this world is kind of jacked up and broken. And if like, I don't know if I know exactly what you're talking about, like preacher dude, but I do want peace. I do want authenticity. I do want to be whole. That's awesome. Um, so wherever you are, hey, would you consider like coming this semester on this journey with us? Uh, let's get to real peace, like the real peace that we actually want, the peace that comes from tapping into heaven itself. And look, y'all, uh, there's only one person that's ever done that, one person that can do that. There's only one person who can take us there. His name's Jesus. Um, and he once said this. He once said, No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. He was, he's talking about himself. He's the Son of Man. 
In other words, he's saying, there's only one way to get up into heaven, and that's to go with the only person that has ever... He, he was there, he came down, he's got the roadmap. He knows how to get you back up there. He says so if people, if people are going to get to heaven, if they're going to get to real peace, the Son of Man must be lifted up. And that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. Hey, we're going to spend a lot of time this semester unpacking that. Will you come with us? We'll learn a little bit more. But what does that mean? What does it mean to get to God, to journey with Him through Jesus, through Him lifted up? Consider that invitation. Let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, I do pray um, for us that, like, we, look, there's not a single person in here, like, that has just this super spiritual, um, kind of latent powers that, like, we are going to stand ourselves up spiritually in our soul and say, uh, yeah. Man, I feel the discomfort of my sin. I feel the discomfort of this world. And I, and I long after you. Lord, we are so broken. We are so sinful. You actually have to stick that inside of us. So Lord, I pray by your spirit, you would do the supernatural thing of actually pulling just the lies and the deception of this world. Just peel that off our face. And that we would behold the reality. Even as the reality kind of stinks to behold. But it's where we have to start. The Christian journey has to start with seeing ourselves in this world as they actually are. So that we can actually see you as the beautiful, just shalom, peace, authentic answer to what's wrong here. Would you do that, Lord Jesus? Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Texas A&M RUF podcast. If y'all are interested in joining us for a future worship night, we would absolutely love to see y'all at All Face Chapel uh, on the north side of campus across from Sabisa at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go ahead and follow at AggieRUF on Instagram for updates about any other events that we might be putting on throughout the semester. Uh, Thank y'all so much for listening, and we hope to see y'all around sometime.